Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hey, I've just got my feet up here. I no longer have to host the Gamers Inn. Yeah, you're just gonna you're just gonna chill. You're glad I'm back. You just don't have to do anything, and you can just let me run the show again. <laughs> I am so happy that you've returned because, uh, not to say you know all of our guests were lovely. Um, Although Crofton was on the show, so there was a bit of wrangling oh. early on. He'll never hear this unless someone tells him to go listen, and then he'll probably <laughs> still not do it. Unless we mention his name two more times. So I think uh, we're good. So he's like Beetlejuice. Got it. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Um, yeah, actually, it's a really good way of putting it. He is like the Beetlejuice <laughs> of podcasting. So Okay, um, now we can't say that one more time. So although, <laughs> we have to be very careful who we summon. <laughs> yeah, although if you if you do summon that guy you can summon the other guy and then then they can they can have a chat and they can do their own podcast but really (laughs) um all jokes aside uh we had some great guests on yeah i saw some really good feedback about like everybody seemed really stoked about uh all the people that we had on i think we had a really kind of like diverse cast we had some old favorites we had some new faces and uh i really do appreciate everyone who took the time to, you know, play the games and, and think about critiques and, and come on here and, and help Ryan kind of carry the torch while I was gone. So uh, I really appreciate everybody filling in for me. Um, we I talked a little bit about it on Angry Chicken yesterday. Um, unfortunately, didn't get the health results that we were hoping for. Um, but it's, uh, it's okay. I'm okay. Uh, we're getting second opinions and, and going forward and seeing if there isn't other stuff we can do. So I'm fine. I appreciate all of the messages. I did see, like, uh, I've read every single message. (laughs) It was just a lot, so I didn't respond to most of them. But thank you, everyone, for the kind words I did. Like I said, I did read everything. So I really appreciate just everything everybody's done in the past month. You guys have been awesome. So um, with that said, I mean, should we just get into talking about video games? I feel like I haven't done this in forever. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's good you're back because uh, I don't know if you saw on Discord, but I, I need you to save me from anime. I may have said some things in the last episode that were, that were taken out of context. Um, okay. Cause I was like, our Discord got <laughs> really anime really fast. <laughs> I look, all I said was and I know what it sounded like, but really what I was saying was I wish I had more time to play super long, interesting games. And a lot of JRPGs just happen to be, you know, really long, in-depth games. I'm even playing Assassin's Creed now, and it's like this is this is also an issue where you get to a point in Assassin's Creed where it's like I've been doing the same thing for 30 hours, and <laughs> these people still want me to go around, you know, with my cloak on and find treasures in the bottom of churches like i don't know i don't know what am i doing here (laughs) anyways it's just i love anime and i think next week i'm gonna play an animal and animal anime game in uh (laughs) in tribute because i love anime games it they're great i just i i never am able to finish them and then when i go back to them like so what was happening you have no idea what's going on yeah (laughs) exactly and i feel like it's really easy to like lose the thread of those games too because they're often all over the place like you come back to an assassin's creed and you can mostly remember what's happening you come back to a game like xenoblade like partway through (laughs) and you're just like who the hell is that and what is happening (laughs) where am i again and what are those giant flying things in the sky (laughs) and why does everybody have cat ears i don't know yeah like i don't remember (laughs) uh well i i just think um you're absolutely right i think you 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 compliment my uh my weird uh, foot in mouth moments where I say things and we move on and then and then Discord uh, gets and rightfully so I've, I I a hundred percent agree they were they were definitely right to, to pull that that thread um, but yeah it, it, it's Xenoblade Chronicles two is one of those games that kind of sits in the back of my my Switch collection of like I really want to finish that one but I know getting back into it is going to oh take God. like two weeks I don't know. Every single time I look at the storage on my Switch and I want to download a new game, I always see it there and it's so big. And yeah. I'm like, but I just I just can't delete it. I can't make room by getting rid of that game because I'm like, I know I'm going to get back to it. It was beautiful and I loved it. And I didn't get very far into it. And I just, I want to, but it's, oh man, it's still there <laughs> taking up like... 75% of my Switch hard drive. And I'm like, but I can't delete it. 
Look, I, I, I can delete, I can edit this portion of the show out if you want, but maybe, maybe for next week we do, maybe that's the anime game. We make a pact, we, we go play for an hour and see how confusing it is and say, see, we did it. So again, I can mark this, I could take this all out like it never happened. No, I love it. I love it. We'll make sure we do that for next week for sure. <laughs> go back to Xenoblade after how long have we been away from it? Like, when did that come out? I feel like it's been years that I'm going to be so confused. <laughs> it was, it, man, was it 28? No, it was, it was the year the Switch came out. It was, it came out 2017, end of the year 2017. And oh I remember God. when we played it and we talked about it on the show, we were like, this is going to be the game. Oh, we check I was in week super to week. into it. Yeah. Like I really thought I was going to play so much of that. And then I don't even remember what happened, but I can't, I, I think just something else came out and it was it, it tale of, uh, tale as endless as time. It happens every yeah. week. <laughs> um, and it, it'll likely happen again, but I think it's a great idea to, to kind of, at least we can at know. least try <laughs> oh yeah we can try and we can at least like refresh those those uh those data layers on the switch so that it doesn't corrupt from having just data st- i think that's how data works it just sits there stale <laughs> and uh it crusts through so yeah i'm a computer scientist i know what's up um <laughs> wow someone- Discord will help us out. I think there's a lot of smart people. They can let us know if, if that's a thing. It's not. It's not a thing. Yet. Crusty data. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'm I'm actually curious as to what you're playing because I did I did cheat and I, I kind of looked it up a little bit. And it it looks like Dead by Daylight, but but a ripoff? I don't know. What is this what is this? <laughs> yeah, thing? okay. So all right, so I've been playing a little bit of Home Sweet Home Survive and this game, I mean, it is it is very much like Shades of Dead by Daylight for sure. It's um, there's a, it's a five player game. One person is like the killer, uh, but they're called the Spectre in this game. And then there's four like survivors, and so it is very Dead by Daylight in that way. Um, but it's also um, it's almost like maybe what Dead by Daylight would kind of look like if it was made today, if that makes sense. Like there's a few kind of um, like almost like quality of life things that are happening in it. And they've done what Dead by Daylight probably should have done or kind of the way Dead by Daylight worked at the beginning in that it's very like killer sided. Like basically like if the killer finds you, you die. So in Dead by Daylight now, um, it's a much more quote unquote balanced game. But the problem with that is that the survivors can sometimes like overpower the killer. Like the killer doesn't feel like the power role anymore if you've got a coordinated team and and what have you. So um, this game, Home Sweet Home Survive, it's in early access, by the way. It's it's not full release yet. Um, and it, it definitely, like, you can feel the early accessness of it. <laughs> um, but it's very much like they've made sure that the killer is the power role. And basically, like, I think I've played, I've played quite a few matches now. And the maximum number of people who have escaped at the end of the match is one. (laughs) And it's like, it has the same sort of mechanic as Dead by Daylight where like, you don't have to do all the objectives if you're the last person. There's just kind of like an escape that will open for you and you have to just find it. But um, there are less objectives than Dead by Daylight in one way because Dead by Daylight, you have to finish five generators to get out. Um, you have to finish like five uh, ritual or sorry, three rituals in Home Sweet Home Survive, but you have to find the pieces to put the ritual together. So there's like um, like chests around the map that you have to search and then you have to find. So there's um, four ritual locations. You have to complete three of four to be able to escape. Um, and the other thing that you can do in Home Sweet Home Survive is once you've completed a ritual, the killer becomes weaker and you as a survivor can actually attack the killer. So you have kind of like two ways to escape is either complete all the rituals, find the portal and get out or complete rituals and like have literal like combat with the killer. And so the killer is almost impossible to kill when you've done no rituals, but becomes quite weak if you've done all three rituals. So 
it's like it kind of gives you a little bit more agency. Although, again, it's early access. It's very hard to um, it's very hard as a survivor to interact with the killer and because you can pick up swords around the map. And again, they're kind of like a limited resource and, and you know, they you can't basically just gang up on the killer and kill them if you've done no objectives. But uh, yeah, it's it's kind of this like balancing act, which is really interesting because it makes your gameplay different depending on like which killer you're facing. So and, and not just I don't just mean like which killer character. I mean, like the person playing the killer, like in their play style, you can kind of like adapt. So that's been it's, it's just a little bit more interesting you can like uh, you can mark things on you don't get a map, but you get like a like a HUD, right? Like a um, if I mark something on a map, it'll kind of like ping you and say like killer here or like incense here. And you can like mark stuff that your teammates can then see. The one thing I really don't like is that there is an in-game like text chat that you can enter at any time. So, uh, but that means that if you press the enter button and start typing something, then you also can't be moving around. And uh, again, it's a very like killer-sided balance game. So if you basically, if you stop moving, <laughs> then like, I mean, the the free killer, cause there's like one killer who's free or sorry, one specter who's free. Um, and then I think there's two others that I actually haven't even played against yet. Cause again, it's early access. I think a lot of people, I think it cost me like $7 or something. So it's very, very cheap at like $7 Canadian. <laughs> so it's probably five bucks American. And, uh, it like, I think a lot of people are just jumping in and trying it who play dead by daylight to see what this like newest, um, kind of take on the, on the asymmetrical horror genre is. And uh, so the free killer has the ability to basically go invisible and see exactly where all the people are on the map. <laughs> so oh. it is. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like it's really difficult. And also the other really big difference that I noticed going from Dead by Daylight to this is that when you're doing something. So when you are opening a chest, when you're like picking up an object when you're um, like completing a ritual, you have to like basically like pray at these altars once you bring all the pieces to the altar. Um, when you're doing those things, you can't move your camera. So you can't like in Dead by Daylight, if you're doing a generator, you can like spin your camera around. You can look all around behind you and stuff. They don't let you do that in Home Sweet Home. So you very much just get this like kind of like tunnel vision on the thing that you're doing. And you just have to like basically like listen for footsteps <laughs> like it's scary. And I mean, I've played a lot of Dead by Daylight. Like I got like jump scared a lot in this game. <laughs> um, there's also like they they've brought in the idea of like. A health bar instead of like in Dead by Daylight, it's very much health state. So it's like you get hit once you're injured, you get hit twice, and you're down on the floor and you're dying. Um, in this in this game, it's very much like the number of times they stab you, your health bar will go down, and you also have a stamina bar, so you can't just sprint forever. Um, so it is a little bit more. Um, oh, I don't even know what the word is that I'm that I'm searching for, but like a little bit more granular, maybe when you think about like how your character plays, it reminds me of like other more traditional video games as opposed to like Dead by Daylight, which is very like specific and like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'm not like explaining it well, but <laughs> no, I, I think um, that makes sense in 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 the aspect of uh, from what I've seen, like it looks I like the idea of, okay, the killer is more powerful. It's a killer. Um, it makes sense. Uh, and, and in Dead by Daylight, uh, you know, we have a news story. We don't know who the killer will be with the Resident Evil chapter, but anybody you put in there is probably going to be some huge hulking behemoth <laughs> with nine <laughs> eyeballs or something and, uh, and likely tentacles. But... I digress. Um, it, it's just one of those things where I think the idea of the killer being more powerful than the survivors, but the survivors having, um, you know, like very 
specific amount of health and stamina pools that I'm, I'm guessing they can reach. The stamina, no doubt, recovers over time, but the health yes, is something... Yeah. That you can use health kits and stuff to sort of heal up. Yeah, so there's like health potions. Um, there's a there's a certain set amount of health potions that are also available in the chests around the map as well. So there's like um, ritual chests that you know are going to contain the like incense and nails that you need for the rituals that you need to bring to those specific locations. And then there's other like they look almost like tool chests. And then there's um, like you can like set traps for the killer. So if they walk through a doorway that you've like strung with this magical string stuff, then they get trapped there for five seconds or whatever. So it's like it, it is very much like there's there's more um, diverse ways to fight back, but not enough. like the killers are so strong that the survivors are you know still at a disadvantage even though they've got more uh more ways to interact with the killer i guess is, is a better way to say that um but i've been having a lot of fun and i mean like i'm still super low level i haven't bought any perks i don't know what i'm doing like but it's still um there's only two maps as of right now um two maps four survivors three uh specters uh, three killers and um it's it's also really interesting actually one thing i did want to mention is when you're loading into the lobby you can see the name of your killer which is something you cannot see in dead by daylight so for a really long time in dead by daylight there's been um like a program a third-party program you can download that basically shows you the IP address of the people that you're playing with and it will flag people if you've played with them before and it pulls the killer's IP address as well. Some people think that it's cheating. Some people don't like it because it's like dodging lobbies and on and on and on. There's lots and lots of controversy as far as I know. Behavior also doesn't like that people use it. Like it's not uh, behaviors, the, the company that makes Dead by Daylight. Um, like it's uh, p potentially maybe breaking TOS, but everybody does it. So <laughs> it's one of it's just kind of one of those things. Um, I don't do it, but, um, so anyways, uh, in this game, you don't have to do anything like that because it just shows you who your killer is. Um, I think that's probably the healthier way to do it because if you've got part of your community using a third party thing, then, I mean, uh, there was actually a whole, and I <laughs> said, I didn't want to talk about Blizzard today, but I'm going <laughs> to use, <laughs> I'm going to use World of Warcraft as an example anyways. Um, but there's um, like a third party website in World of Warcraft that basically scores you based on how well you do in your Mythic Plus dungeons. It's called Raider IO and that you get a score for the season and then like people will make groups and they'll say like, or they'll make like, um, like party request things in group finder that say like, looking for like healer with io score of this and so basically what blizzard said is okay you know what we're just gonna make a score and we're gonna put it right into the game because that way everybody has access to the same information and you don't have to go to a third party for it because it was so prevalent in the community so to bring it back to home sweet home and dead by daylight it's like people are using this third party um, IP address tool in order to find like if they're like, because you can also within this tool, you can say like, oh, that guy was a terrible killer. He griefed me or camped or tunneled or whatever. Like, I don't want to play against him again. So you can flag that IP in this software and say like, it'll basically pop up and say like, this is a like a banned IP or, or whatever. It'll flag it for you and say like, hey, you should dodge this lobby. So it's like you've got some people who have the ability to do that and not others. And so Home Sweet Home is like, okay, you know what? We're just going to build it into our lobbies that you can't see what character, like what killer they're going to play, but you can see like the username of your killer. So it doesn't show you IP addresses and it's Steam, so you can have duplicate usernames, but at least it gives you an idea of who you're going to be playing against. And then everyone has that exact same information. So Again, it's just one of those kind of things that seems like they've like taken cues from the community in Dead by Daylight into as to like what kind of quality of life improvements they'd like to see. And that includes like doing things like being able to mark the map, but having and I guess technically a text chat, though I hate that there's a text chat. I really don't like it because after people die, they can they can write in the text chat. So I'm like, OK, I just need to find a group of four friends because I don't want to have text chat from randos while I'm still playing yeah. the game and learning. Like, that's always a bad scene. 
But um, yeah, so anyways, it seems like they've kind of like taken cues of quality of life things from the Dead by Daylight community and incorporated them into the game design of Home Sweet Home. So I think with a little bit more polish, this could be a really cool game. And I'm having fun in it just as is right now. So and again, like I said, it's it's super cheap. It's still in early access. But I think it's um, it's probably the closest of all of the asymmetrical like 1v4 horror type games that um, I think could, again, with enough time and polish, maybe be a DVD competitor. Although, as we're going to talk about soon, um, Dead by Daylight definitely has like the, the player base to go after some of the bigger licenses. And as we know, that always brings in the players. So there, we always see a huge surge in players whenever they bring out some sort of licensed content like happened with Silent Hill, happened with Stranger Things, happened with like even Ghostface. Like there's always a big bump and I don't think Home Sweet Home is going to be uh, kind of competing for those sort of licenses anytime soon. But I think their game is solid. I think it's worth checking out if you uh, if you like Dead by Daylight. Yeah, I mean, for eight bucks, like... It sounds yeah. uh, like an in- at least an interesting distraction from, um, uh, well, I, I, if you like Dead by Daylight and you're and you're looking for more, but different, slightly different, I, I think it's yeah, a, yeah, it's a good take. No, for sure, that sounds really cool. Um, yeah, is it a sequel or something? Like, is there a home sweet home before survive? Like, is this is this like the multiplayer sequel? It's hard to. Hard I to actually tell. don't know. Yeah, I was just. <laughs> That's a I was good looking, question. <laughs> like, there's a puzzle video game called Home Sweet Home, and it it, was, it came out in 2017. I don't know if it's the same. Yeah, I don't know if that's group. related at all. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. The but game... no, like, cause this just, again, like I found out about this just through like my, uh, my Dead by Daylight friends who were like, hey, why don't we try playing this other thing? It looks cool. Cause basically whenever one of these asymmetrical horror things comes out, we're always like, let's go check it out and see if it holds a candle to DVD. And we always end up back in DVD. So, <laughs> okay. So it is, so there's a sequel home sweet home Two, And then there's another, the, the game you're talking about home sweet home survive. I mean like this, the, the description for the first one, it's a, a first person survival horror puzzle game. And it's basically the game focuses on the main protagonist, Tim, through two episodes so the guy's name is tim that's um it's pretty like i guess his, his life drastically changed a mysterious wife disappears a young female ghost i guess his wife name is jane so it sounds like a pretty like basic setup and and it seems like they've uh they I, I don't know where i was going with that I, it sounded funnier in my head <laughs> just the guy's name is tim and his wife goes missing and but uh, it sounds like they've uh, they ran with it, and now it's a now it's got a multiplayer. Do you get to play as Tim? I think is what everyone at home is is screaming. Um, maybe. <laughs> okay. What about Jane? Is Jane in the game? Does she survive? Jane is in the game. Yeah, oh, she Jane is? is in the game. Yeah, because okay. I think that's the one that I played. Um, yeah, there's like I said, there's four four survivors you can play all together <laughs> but i don't um there definitely was a dude so <laughs> realistically remember what his name was but it sounds like tim dies spoiler alert in one or two and <laughs> okay uh, and then i actually don't know this I, i'm just going based on the fact that you don't remember him being in the game um but uh, jane lives so hey at least tim heroically uh escapes the place with the ghost i don't know it it sounds interesting probably more interesting than the first game so uh yeah like for yeah for eight bucks seems like a like a steal um i don't know if you want to want to chat about about this one but uh you still subscribe to nintendo switch online right Ryan, what a question. Oh, I right. still subscribe to everything that I've ever subscribed to ever. So yes, I do. That's true. Like Game of Thrones ended how long ago and you still subscribe to HBO, right? Yeah, I actually do. <laughs> oh man. Well, um considering you have the subscription still active on your Nintendo Switch, you you have to check out I don't know if you're I guess I should next ask, are you a fan of Pac-Man? I have not played Pac-Man since high school. There was this like little deli that we used to go to for lunch that had like the old school Pac-Man like arcade game that we used to just play because we were bored. And like, that's my Pac-Man experience. So, I mean, yes, I like it, I guess. (laughs) Well, 
how about 99 Pac-Mans? Does that <laughs> change your mind? So does, does this kind of follow the same idea as the Mario 35 or whatever it was where you had like where you sent enemies to your opponents and stuff when you defeated them on your screen? Mm-hmm, exactly. So like 35 Marios had to die. So 99 Pac-Mans could live. So, <laughs> Okay. So then what are you sending to your screen or to your opponents when you're playing through Pac-Man? Right. So this this game is very much um, sort of a take on Tetris 99 that came out near the beginning of Nintendo Switch Online. And this is very much, you know, you're playing Pac-Man and there are 99 or 98 other players who are also playing Pac-Man. And... It's as simple as like you're you're moving through the maze, and every time you um, uh, you you eat a ghost, it will send that ghost to some other player on the board, and and that ghost okay. will not become the ghost won't transfer, but it'll become like this weird um, outline Pac-Man that will slow their Pac-Man down when it runs through it. Doesn't kill him, but will slow him down. And this is at the very early parts of the game where you're kind of just going through the motions of playing uh, Pac-Man. And similar to Tetris 99, you can like target with the right stick, you can target specific uh, types of players. So you can go, I just want to send my attacks at random. I want to go after someone who's close to being KO'd. I want to go after someone who um, has the most... uh, uh, there's a couple other the most of, points or yeah. the person who's winning yeah, yeah. exactly and uh, and then but differing from Tetris 99 and um, and maybe closer to Super Mario uh, 35 is that on the um, I can't remember I think it's yeah on the face buttons you can choose what the power pellets do so there's like a standard so when you eat the power pellet it gives you the standard um, length of time to 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 eat the ghosts who have turned um that that weird blue color as they're sort of like <laughs> oh no I, I can be eaten yeah uh that face and they get all like wiggly <laughs> exactly yeah you know what i'm talking about yeah. and um then you can also change it to like speed uh which makes when you have a power pellet it makes you go a little bit faster but then obviously uh you don't have the same length of time to eat the ghosts so it, there's a trade-off there and another one is train uh which will uh, increase the amount of there's like these weird like smaller ghost pellets you can eat and every time you eat one of those it will spawn a new uh, uh, it'll spawn like a train on one of the ghosts and that comes in handy when you eat a power pellet because those little ghosts that are trailing the the normal ghosts will turn into eatable <laughs> ghosts again it's very complex okay it's, it's so weird because tetris 99 was just you're playing tetris against 98 other people Super Mario 35, again, although, you know, weird and different, was pretty simple in that, like, every enemy you kill goes to the other player and vice versa. Went somewhere else, and that was basically it, yeah. Yeah, but Pac-Man 99, they've really taken the concept of playing Pac-Man and, like, well, what if uh, this happened, and instead of you just playing Pac-Man, you're going to eat these little ghost pellets, that's going to create a train of ghosts on another ghost, and then when you eat a pellet... They changed the rules, man! They, they just <laughs> made it so complex where I am terrible at Pac-Man. I cannot get past... <laughs> I cannot break the top 20, and every time you get through to the top 20, you know, it says like, oh, you made it into the top 50, and then once you get closer to like top 20, top 10 those uh outline pac-mans that sort of just sit there around the you know the top 50 point those little ghost pac-man that are sitting there will now start coming after you so not only do you have the ghosts running around you have these outline pac-man running around they can't kill you but they'll slow you down and speed is critical as you get further on in the game right it gets faster and then you're getting cornered by ghosts and you're not it's just it's insane and then it gets to the point where in the top 20 top 10 you're able to send um more uh pac-man outlines but they're like red and they are they will kill you so if you run into one (laughs) they'll kill you and you can't get you can get rid of the white outline pac-man by eating a power pellet they'll all disappear off the map but for some reason because probably you're fighting 98 other people they're they're constantly respawning so you kind of have to be balancing strategic (laughs) it's weird and it's fun but also like over very quickly like you lose pretty (laughs) quick i can't i can't tell you how many people like go out in the first 10 
And I don't even feel bad because it certainly happened to me because you make one wrong move in Pac-Man and you're surrounded by ghosts or you, you run into a ghost and it's like, oh, I'm dead already. This is, this, it, <laughs> it's, it's not that it's not fun. It's just like, oh, well, one more, right? And the further you get into the game, it just doesn't become like Tetris, a faster Tetris. It becomes a faster Pac-Man with more complex rules and even more shit in your way that is going to kill you. <laughs> and everything is affected differently. So you have to collect fruit that will spawn once you've eaten enough pellets because the fruit will respawn the uh, the ghost pellets to create the trains and will kill the uh, red Pac-Man outlines that will kill you. And as this you go, this does sound very complicated. <laughs> it's super complicated, and you you have to probably play four or five times to really get the whole thing of the game. Because I think they've really designed it in a way. Whereas with um, Tetris ninety nine and Super Mario thirty five, once you got into the top ten, it was just a battle of attrition. And at least Tetris had the increase in speed and the uh, the blocks being sent to you that would really push your 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 battle line up but with super mario 35 it was like oh well i just get a fire flower and i'll be fine like i can do this all day basically mm-hmm. you know captain america <laughs> that's uh nintendo's ass or whatever i don't know but um <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why i had to um well. anyways uh back on track pac-man um it, it's just it's one of those things where as you get further into the into the game it gets more and more complex and I cannot crack the top 15, top 20 because at that point the red outline Pac-Man are running around. So to get rid of them, you got to get, you got to eat the fruit, which respawns the dots and the power pellets and stuff. And then you have the white outline Pac-Man that are chasing you now and the red outline Pac-Man that are chasing you. So you're constantly having to like, Oh, I got to eat a power pellet. I got to eat fruit. I got to just back and forth, back and forth. And then, by the time you get around to it, it's like, oh, wait, I forgot there are other ghosts here and they've and I'm dead. So <laughs> but it is it is fun and but it's very frantic. And I think if you don't mind the gameplay of Pac-Man in a fast paced environment, it is a lot of fun. But if you like winning, mm, it's not easy. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe not your thing. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. it sounds interesting. And like I say, I am still um I am still subscribed to Nintendo Switch Online. It's it's one of those things that just once a year I get an email and I'm like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> it's 25 bucks. I mean, you, you spend more yeah. on, on renting a pandemic movie these days, right? They're like 30 yes, bucks. That's true. And speaking of pandemic, you checked out. I, I didn't even realize that there was a new episode of this, but Mythic Quest is back. Yeah. So Mythic, I'll do this real quick because uh, Mythic Quest is coming back with season two mid-may i think may 17th and i think they're doing the weekly release uh for that for that season i think they did that with the first one i don't know what that was i think the first season came out all at once i feel like i yeah i feel like i binged mythic quest but i have been noticing more and more things that put a first season out all at once are now doing weekly episodes and i'm like this isn't why I have you, Netflix. I have you for binging, not like once a week. It's bad enough that Disney Plus is doing it with all their Marvel stuff. Like, do you have to? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I like for me, it's like I, the weekly is sometimes nice because I only have time to watch. I only have. I'm gonna phrase this properly, or else I'm gonna get the TV people on my on my back. Um, I I don't mind the weekly release because it's like, oh, I only have to find an hour to watch this, and then I can go back to chasing treasure in assassin's creed um <laughs> and i think like the bin but the binge is also nice especially when they're they, the way they structure those shows with the cliffhangers like wandavision would have been amazing if, if it was all there and then i probably well, yeah we didn't start wandavision until like episode five came out and then we watched all of them all at once and then it was like I know a lot of people didn't love it right at the very beginning because they found the first few episodes slow. But when you can watch them back to back, it was really good. And I mean, I still maintain that the entire show was really good. But mm. I think that binging the first half was the way to go. And then week to week for the second half was good. Um, but yeah, and, and we're kind of actually doing the same thing with uh, Winter Soldier. But um, I, I definitely understand your kind of dilemma as somebody who has a little bit of more like restricted time, right? Where you, I mean, I would be so worried that I would have things spoiled for me if like 
everything was available all at once. And then, you know, I only had an hour a week to watch. I'd be like, well, I'm going to be all caught up in 10 weeks when everyone thinks it's fine to talk spoilers and just the Internet's going to ruin things for me. <laughs> yeah, it, it is always nice when I only have to mute a, a hashtag for a day as opposed to forever. <laughs> as opposed to months. <laughs> yeah. And I think uh, with, with both the Marvel shows and, and just the Disney Plus stuff in general, I think that's been the most spoilable for me uh, from, a, from a television perspective it's not like people are going out there and being like hashtag the rookie what's happening um although i like that show it's it's good you but, watch that show anyways yeah. this is not this a is, tv podcast a TV? but the reason we're talking about tv this is totally my fault the reason we're talking about it is because mythic quest is game related and it, yes ubisoft's a consultant there's video games in 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 then their hills so uh <laughs> they had a quarantine episode which um came out shortly after the first season ended uh, and technically, all these episodes are part of the first season. I don't know if that was planned or not, but they just released another episode which bridges the gap between season one and two, sort of addressing, and I don't know how this mythic world has done this, but uh, in, in the Mythic Quest world, the developers have all come back to the office and be like, man, what a shit year. Glad that's over. And it's just like, uh... <laughs> What? You know, I, I find that like you kind of get TV shows that are doing one of two things like Grey's Anatomy is super leaning into the whole pandemic. It's been their entire season. They're basically like, as long as this thing is still happening, we do a show about hospitals. We're going to keep it going. And then there's other shows like it seems like Mythic Quest that are just like pandemic. What? Quarantine? What? We don't want to talk about that. Let's just pretend it never happened and everything is fine now. <laughs> yeah, they did their one episode and there's some fun sort of like uh, nods to it where the the old annoying guy, like they keep him at home. He's still remoting in because they, <laughs> they, they say it's because he's uh, he's vulnerable, but really like the characters off screen are like or uh, when he's off camera, it's just like, man, but he's terrible. Glad we get to keep him home for a little bit longer. <laughs> um, but it's it's really that that show could be and was, I think, at the beginning, it could it it could have been terrible all the way through. And I think season one really gets to a place that is interesting. And this specific episode uses all the strengths from that first season and just uh, it really focuses in on it. And it's it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. And it's and it's quite funny. And uh, yeah, well, that's good. Because I remember thinking like, especially the first few episodes. And I mean, I also have a really hard time watching shows. Um, we just watched Barry. Um, I have a really hard time watching shows where there isn't like somebody to root for, I guess. And I felt like there were just so many people in that show that were just crappy people that I didn't want to watch or root for. Um, and so like, I remember it just being like, not the greatest and like leaning into a lot of like negative gamer stereotypes and stuff. And like, there were some, some shining moments, but for the most part, I felt like it was, ugh. but you're right. It did kind of pick up near the end. So I'm glad that it seems like season two and this quarantine episode that kind of bridges that gap is more leaning into, it sounds like the stuff that I liked about the show, as opposed to the stuff I didn't like and that they're taking like interesting like storylines as opposed to you know just being a bunch of jerks <laughs> yeah no the episode's really good it's short and I like the other ones about 30 minutes and uh it, it is on apple tv plus so um, if you've recently purchased an apple device you have a year of it they're basically giving it away uh, oh i shouldn't say that they're they're, they're letting you access it <laughs> yeah they even did uh they extend extended mine for another year because i bought an apple device i got a free year of it it hit yeah. the end and I was like, no, thanks. I don't want to renew. And they're like, we'd hate to see you go have another year. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but look, if we're talking about Apple TV plus, I have to say this by, by, you know, contractually obligated. Um, if you do subscribe to watch mythic quest, if we've convinced you in the past, or you're looking forward to season two and you want to catch up with season one, also watch Ted Lasso. You'll thank me later. So <laughs> that's all I'll say on that. I, I could get into that one, but it's a great This is not a TV show. podcast. I know, and that's why I said, like, just watch Ted Lasso. It's about soccer, but don't worry about it. Just watch it. Trust me. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, if you guys like the content that we produce, why don't you head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin. We're currently looking for our next 
patron to feature. So if you want that to be you, if you want me to say your name right here, right now in our next four episodes, then head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. Uh, that brings us to the news this week. And um, the first the first story, man, it's it's got me down. It's got me bummed. I'm not going to lie. Um, there's been a lot of talk uh, because Days Gone is launching on PC on May 18th. There's been a lot of talk about Days Gone. And I am stoked that people on PC get to play this game because I think it's really, really good. But as kind of part of this like announcement and all the news around Days Gone, we got the news, the confirmation that Days Gone is not getting a sequel. And it makes me so sad. I mean, you guys know me. I was so into this game. I loved the zombie horde mechanic. And I don't normally like zombie games, but like this was like game of the year contender for me. And I'm so sad that it's not getting a sequel. Yeah, I, I think that game ended in a place where you finally got the trope of a of a of a zombie movie or TV show or continuous sort of um, storytelling in that genre. As always, it ends in one of two ways. Everybody dies clean slate or your heroes survive or they lose a hand or or a friend and, and they <laughs> yeah. come back um, or they're whisked away by some mysterious organization only to return. I don't know when, but um in this specific scenario with Days Gone, I'm not going to spoil it, but I think that game ends in a way where it's like, oh, you know, of course there are people who died, there are people who survived, they still had the, those tropes, but there was another layer that they introduced that um, was hinted at, and then finally, like, I did not see it coming, it was completely different, and I really wanted to see where they would go with it, and it just mm -hmm. seemed like it didn't meet Sony's expectations at launch, even though those expectations were probably put up against games that it was never going to, you know, even reach with like God of War and Spider-Man, like those are existing properties with. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing, like it made money. It ended up making more than it spent, like it profited. So, I mean, but there was also um, an interview, I guess, with the with the head writer, was it? Yeah, it was the lead writer for Days Gone, um, former, uh, he used to work at Ben, he, he's no longer there now. He's not there anymore, yeah. But he did an interview with uh, David Jaffe on his podcast, uh, funny enough, the guy who uh, created God of War. Um, and basically, look, I, I mean, I can paraphrase here, but he basically said, like, if you love a game and you want to see more sequels, you want to see follow-ups to that game, you have to you should really buy it at launch at full price. And um, that that obviously people took that and, and ran with it. Uh, and I cleaned that up a bit. I think he had he had an F-bomb in there. I mean, he was on David Jaffe's <laughs> podcast. You have to drop the F-bomb. But uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I see where he's coming from. And, and really, at the end of the day, like, I don't think like if if Days Gone made money and, and it was a success in the eyes of Bend, but it just sounds like Sony had too high expectations for, for for this game, right? And I think it was it was ripe to to have a follow up and and uh, you know capitalize on just the the really positive um, fan base that it had because I think there is a fan base there for for Days Gone. Uh, but it is it is sad that um, I mean he is kind of right, you know. Like if you want to see a game do well, you want to you have to vote with your wallet, you have to support it. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of tough, though, especially for a title like Days Gone, because I mean, like, not only is it like a, it's a standalone new IP kind of property, I think they did a pretty good job of marketing it because, again, as someone who was not into zombie games, it's still a game that I picked up on launch and I was excited to play because it looked like it was like there was actual like danger and not just like slow zombies popping out of closets. Like what seems to happen all the time in other zombie games. It's like, no, you know where they are, but there's so much of a threat because they run quickly. Like that's, it was so terrifying. And you had to like go into these places with these hordes and you had to set traps. Like it gave me horizon zero dawn kind of vibes in that way that you had to be really strategic about what you were doing in a lot of cases because you could get overwhelmed really quickly. Like, I thought it was really well done. 
And the story was interesting. I mean, it wasn't like Shakespeare, but <laughs> like I liked it. I liked the characters. I know not everybody did like the characters, but I did. Like I just I thought that they were like, I don't know, relatable, <laughs> like everyday kind of characters and they were flawed, but that was okay because that makes them interesting, at least to me. <laughs> so I don't know. I really enjoyed the game and I was really sad to hear this news because like you, I thought that they had um, like kind of a, a, well, definitely an interesting twist at the end, but not even that, like just the, the fact that there was some sort of government still functioning in some capacity as this like overarching, like kind of like shadowy bad guy kind of role, but you weren't even a hundred percent sure if they were bad guys. Cause you didn't really know what was going on. And then they gave you a hint at that bigger universe right at the end. And it just feels like, um, I, I really wanted to know what was going on with that story. But like we said, Days Gone is launching on PC on May 18th. So maybe there's going to be enough interest that uh, Sony will reconsider. Who knows? But um, I mean, man, I just I really wish that this had gotten a sequel because I think there's really something there. And especially like I was saying, with Days Gone being a new IP, I mean, there were also a lot of reviewers that really didn't like this game. So it seems like critical reception of it was bad, but it was popular among actual players so like it's it's got this really weird it's like um uh, well okay you know what's a really good example pacific rim <laughs> like people who just go to movies like that movie but it's never gonna get a good critical reception <laughs> like it is what it is it's a fun ride like giant monsters fight giant robots is one of my favorite movies of all time but it's not gonna win an oscar <laughs> and no. i feel like days gone is the same it's a fun ride it has good mechanics it has a decent story enough to keep you wanting a sequel and yet critics hated it right like it got bombed on its first day so i think that also like i mean there's obviously enough people who um I guess maybe like pay attention to reviews still who decided to pass on this until like it almost had like a grassroots like word of mouth kind of vibe because I remember like the first three or four weeks that this thing was out all you heard was like negative 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 and then like I feel like as time has gone on the more people I've spoken to about it they're like oh yeah no I actually really liked that game and it's like yeah it was a good game <laughs> so I think that it's just the kind of thing where eventually word of mouth kind of overtook reviews, but maybe that took too long for Sony or maybe again, like you said, the expectations were too high or they sunk too much into marketing and eventually it made money, but not soon enough to to start development on, on a, a sequel. But at least it's coming to PC. I'm really looking forward to seeing like what the, the kind of like wider PC gaming audience thinks of it. Um, there's going to be obviously a lot less issues on the PC, assuming that, you know, it's you have a, a PC that's more powerful than the the PlayStation 4. <laughs> I was like, I can't even remember which PlayStation I was playing it on. Oh, my God. Oh, guys, I'm so rusty at this whole podcasting thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it's um, in general, probably at this point in time, your PC is going to be more powerful than the PlayStation 4 was at the time. And I know like uh, Days Gone really did push the PlayStation 4, particularly like the launch version that I was on versus the Pro. Um, but it really did kind of push the limits of that system because of the horde mechanics. So, you know, there were a lot of kind of glitches if you were on a launch console like I was. But um, the PC version, the PC, PC experience is probably going to be a lot better. So I look forward to seeing what people have to say in uh, like kind of late May once this has been out on PC for a bit. And I love that Sony is is putting things out on PC because, you know, Horizon did really well on PC too. So Yeah, and I think that's where... You know, uh, if you want to see more PlayStation games on PC, I think that's where if you buy it on PC, that's what you're showing Sony. I I, I think like based on, you know, the story that Schreier put out, it sounds like Bend has moved on to another new IP. They got their wishes to get off of the uh, Uncharted project. They're working on a new IP, their their own IP, which it sounds like... Um, may not be days gone but could borrow some of the elements from their pitch for days gone too and I, I think that uh it's one of those things where if you did not play days gone check it out on pc it's the playstation plus game right now 
Um, if you have a PlayStation 5, it has an, in, an it has an enhanced patch, so you can take advantage of that new hardware. So it, n- there isn't hasn't been a better time to check this game out. Yeah, it's so weird. It seems like they're kind of like pushing it. They're patching it for the new console. They're giving it away on PlayStation Plus. They're launching it on PC. Like, why won't you give them a sequel? (laughs) Maybe we see a sequel. I I, I like I say that maybe just buying the PC version will only show them you want more PC ports. And they have said like this is going to be the first in many more to come. Horizon was Mm -hmm. they learned a lot of lessons from Horizons. It it didn't launch with uh, with uh, it, it launched with a lot of bugs and they took the time to fix them and I think they got there. So I could see more PlayStation games coming to PC, not necessarily day and date. This is like a three or four year lag yes, right yeah, now. But yeah. yeah, it's um it's exciting. If you want more of those, I, I think you should definitely support it. But it's a great it's a game worth playing and I, I really do want to see how it runs on PC. I think that would be really cool to see. Absolutely. Um, and you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a new announcement that we got from Nintendo because your kids are super into Lego. So uh, who are we getting next in the uh, Super Mario Adventures world of Lego? We are getting Luigi, which I don't know if you saw the news that uh, and I and I did. I, I got a new Mario set for Caden. Uh, they just had spring break. So we got a frozen set for Abby and we got a Mario set for for Caden, although they've really just been kind of mixing the two and, and playing all all together, which has been really <laughs> well, cool. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like, you know, Olaf is 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 definitely the king of the castle when it comes to uh, all that fun <laughs> stuff. Um, but they, uh, they patched Mario and if he was sleeping, like when you, when you lay him down, he'll go to sleep and he'll snore and it's super adorable when you wake him up. Um, some people were getting a message of like him calling out for Luigi, like really creepily, like Luigi, (laughs) and, uh, and like people were like posting on social media and Lego was like responding like, oh, that's really weird. Maybe his brother is not far behind. Wink, wink, nod, nod. And... (laughs) It's, it was kind of an interesting, like, marketing ploy, like, put an update in the game. There was no new sets. There was just, oh, there's a, a new update for your Lego Mario, mm-hmm. uh, connect to Bluetooth and update. It was a really neat way of teasing this uh, this announcement, and uh, it is really cool. So you get, it's the Luigi starter course, so it's completely different from the Mario starter course. You're getting a, a pink Yoshi, which Abby is so looking forward to because she (laughs) wants the pink yoshi she wanted peach and i really do hope they add you know peach because um she likes to play as the princess and when we play super mario but she's also very excited to to kind of be able to play co-op with kaden and play mario and luigi so they're they're looking forward to that but this uh new starter course will launch on august 1st it's the same price as the other starter course so it's 70 bucks and it comes with a sort of i think a comparable set like you've got you know a bad guy an ally and sort of a, a mini a, a miniature bad guy as well like a goomba style thing mm-hmm. so it's um it's really cool and and for the most part i'm i'm excited about it because we we got we've been really just buying like the smaller sets for caden and and for abigail as well and really this was the first time like there's this i've, I've talked about it before there's an ipad app that is basically the instructions uh, for the set and Caden built the whole thing by himself and he was working through the instructions on the tablet and and I was just like oh he was he he wouldn't even let me help he was he's like no no I got this and I'm like oh but <laughs> I like putting Lego together but I want to play with my Mario Caden <laughs> <laughs> no dad leave me alone <laughs> exactly so uh yeah but but he has he, his bedtime 6 30 so i when he goes to bed i get to just sit there and play lego mario and um hopefully they add another 6 30 that's so early <laughs> oh man it's heaven though because <laughs> you know i mean this is not dungeons and diapers but i just like man that's so early <laughs> i've got i i know i know people who have their kids go to bed that when they hear 6 30 i mean mind you they're up early but from my experience talking to other people their kids may go to bed at like 8 eight thirty nine, but they're still up at six goddamn morning <laughs> so uh 
I don't know. The fact so that, you've got you've got the the good end of that stick then. I, I think so. I think so. But you know, I was like, the long end of the stick. I know the short end of the stick is the bad one. I don't know. Like, if you should, measure, is there a good version of that? Yeah, I don't know if the length of stick is considered good, but it depends what you're trying to like. Is it, maybe it's like one of those um, high high jump sticks or something. Then I guess it would be good. I'm just trying to think of what you would use a long stick for, and that's the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> Was high jump. Oh my god! No, 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 not high jump. Pole jump. You mean pole vault? Yeah, yeah pole vault. Pole vault. Right, right. Like, high... high jump doesn't use sticks, right? I mean, I guess you jump over a stick, but anyways, that's an aside and a half. Yeah, well, we were talking um, about TV, right? No, Lego. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, I, I was hoping right from the get go that they would add like another, you know, more characters, so you could technically have you know more than one person playing at the same time. And I mean, it just made sense for them to add. Luigi and this thing has been doing so well I, I can totally see them adding you know Peach and, and Daisy you know down the line but they are spacing it out in a way that's really interesting you know they're releasing you know two phases a year so it seems like we have we had a, a phase in January we'll get another in August and then they'll sort of just repeat the cycle and uh, some of those sets are just so damn fun to play with <laughs> you know Abby, yeah. <laughs> Abby sat there today just kept setting up the piranha pl- or not the piranha, the the yellow spiky, you know, standing up ha- caterpillar. Oh yeah, the cactus guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she just sat there and set it up and just like would you know twist Mario with the hammer and and hit the pieces back and forth and just reset it up and do it again. <laughs> so <laughs> it kept them quiet. So yeah, while I made lunch, it <laughs> so <worked>. more sets. <laughs> exactly. Thumbs up, more sets. <laughs> I'm sitting here like I have no problem buying these. I have fun they're really well made and they look super cool like they're not just minifigs they've actually built the characters uh not necessarily mario but they've built the characters the other characters out of lego and they look really cool so very cool well we have one more quick piece of news uh there was a resident evil showcase and uh i know what i want to talk about from this but ryan is there anything else that you wanted to highlight before i talk about dead by daylight again (laughs) yeah um Resident Evil Village looks super scary, and I've committed to it playing does. the demos. Oh my god, Ryan! Like it looks so scary, but it, I feel like I want to try it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, there. So here's the thing. Um, Resident Evil Seven, and by its extension, the sequel, Resident Evil Village. I think when you make it first person, it changes the perspective. Well, obviously, it changes the perspective, but it, <laughs> it, it puts the horror right in your face. Yeah. And it's not, it's different. And I, and I have no problem playing RE2 and RE3, the remakes. Uh, but for some reason, those first person games, they, they get to me. So I, you know, I've committed to trying the demos, but I'm just shit at shooting in that game. So, um, the, right now the, the, the gameplay demos are exclusive to the PlayStation platforms. However, they've got this weird setup where, you can play the demo at a timing thing, like eight hours on a Saturday for 30 minutes. It it sounds like a like a secret menu thing, but it's, it's mm. stupid. Um, but uh, you know, uh, but I but I will say this: uh, the the full demo is coming to all other platforms on May first. You'll be able to check it out without any weird sort of windows, I guess. Um, yeah. But uh, next week, um, I'll have had a chance to play both the village demo and the castle demo because it's I have the PlayStation Five, so I've been playing it there. But I'll just say this, like, it looks amazing. It looks really, really scary. They're werewolves now. And I'm just really bad at shooting in that game. So uh, I don't know if I'm going to play it, but I will certainly talk about the demo. And I think you should check out the demo when it comes out on May 1st uh, for the Xbox Series X, because it'll give you a good idea as to whether you want to play. Yeah, whether I can handle it or not. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, the Internet's all in on like, it'd be helpful to play it. And then we can understand the memes of like the tall walking lady with like the wolverine claws so i feel like one of us should get that right like figure that out yeah (laughs) so that's actually the character that i wanted to talk about because they revealed that the next chapter in dead by daylight and whenever you get a chapter in dead by daylight you usually get a map a survivor and a killer um it's basically dead by daylight's next big patch And uh, so as part of the Resident Evil showcase, they actually announced that the next Dead by Daylight chapter was going to be Resident Evil themed. And I am of the impression that it's probably going to be 
the tall lady with the claws from, and I think she's a vampire, but maybe she's not. But um, anyways, she looks super creepy and really, really cool. And I think that she would be an awesome killer to have in Dead by Daylight. Um, but I, I feel like I'm in the minority. <laughs> and also, like, I feel like it's a good crossover too, right? Like, village is coming and we get a village killer in Dead by Daylight. But uh, so just from a straight up like marketing perspective, that makes sense to me. But um, I'm sure that, again, I haven't played the Resident Evil games, so I don't know. But I feel like there's probably other like more iconic characters potentially within the franchise that could be like a villain or a killer. I don't know. Like you're a little bit more familiar with the franchise in general. Like, is there anything that you can think of that would be iconic from Resident Evil that would come in? to Dead by Daylight if it's not crazy long fingernail lady? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think that Resident Evil 2 had Mr. X. So the remake um, added Mr. X. I believe he was a new character uh, for that remake. I, I could be wrong, but he he is one in in that time frame when it came out would have been a natural choice before that. Nemesis was another one of those sort of um, the, like chase characters where the AI is basically like set up this character to kind of show up at uh, random moments to kind of put you on edge. And if he found you, he would chase you. And I think that's similar to what they're setting up with um, the the lady in Resident Evil Village. I, I think you're right from a marketing perspective. It makes sense to have uh, her as as the killer. And I and I think um, I think that would be a really I think it would be well received. But I know a lot of like long-time Resident Evil fans who haven't had a chance to really dive in on Village and understand that character. I feel like when you look at Village uh, and that character, she seems to have not just more of a personality, but character, as opposed to Nemesis and Mr. X, which are these characters that just, they don't say anything. They just chase you. <laughs> um, Mr. X literally says nothing and will just, will just chase you. Uh, Nemesis just for some reason is able to squeak out stars and that's it. Um, and, and, uh, and that, yeah. So, and they're very similar. They're, they're monotone. They walk like Jason does and they, they grab you and they squeeze you until you die basically. Or they have a gun. <laughs> I think, I think Nemesis had a giant gun for an arm. So I think, uh, I think the lady from Resident Evil Village is the more interesting choice. Well, the internet already seems to love her too, right? So exactly. <laughs> I feel like it's just kind of a win-win across the board. <laughs> yeah, I, I think depending on when they enter development, um, the teaser was just basically it's it's happening in June. They didn't show us anything. They didn't confirm anything. Yeah, so we just got a new killer like a few weeks ago. So this is like the fact that they announced the next chapter already. And again, it was part of the Resident Evil showcase. So that obviously was driving the marketing around it. But like we have never gotten this kind of information so soon about um, a Dead by Daylight chapter. Like normally it's uh, it's way, way, way closer to uh, release. So uh, it's, it's definitely interesting. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean... I'm looking forward to it. I think again, like it's it's made me obviously as a as a big DVD fan, it's made me really interested in Resident Evil and thinking I want to play it, right? Which is not something I would normally play. So I don't know. I, I think it's a good call. I mean, all of these horror franchises that Dead by Daylight has been getting in their game. I think is making a, a really big difference and obviously getting people like me who wouldn't otherwise play Resident Evil to be really interested in games outside of Dead by Daylight. So the crossover works both ways. Yeah, I think it does. I, I think like the the interesting part, I mean, we're talking a lot about the killer, but the survivors is another aspect that I think will be really interesting because all the hero characters that come to mind aren't really the run around quietly work on generators type. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I'd be really interesting to see what approach they take with that one. Like whether they, they do go the classic, you know, Chris and Jill um, duo, or if they mix things up and, and give you like a Ethan Winters and, and Chris and give you a little bit of both, but like, it's not. It, yeah, yeah, they could do too, because they did have both Steve and Nancy in the stranger things chapter. So there's nothing saying it has to be just one survivor. Yeah. And maybe they just do a killer and a map. Which they did for Ghost. Actually, Ghostface was just a killer. We didn't even get a map for Ghostface. Hmm. 
uh, because they didn't actually have the full. The, so basically, they didn't get the license from the Scream franchise for Ghostface. They got the license from Party City for the mask. Wow. So they couldn't put because everyone was like, oh, my God, Sydney Prescott, she's going to be in it. And, and they were like, no, like we we have a license from Party City, not from wow. like Scream. <laughs> yeah, I did not know that. That's interesting. Yep. So like the West Craven estate wouldn't give up. the. Yeah, I mean, the, it probably cost a lot of money more than a mask yeah. would. So <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yep. <laughs> so this has been your Dead by Daylight, like Q&A or the, the interesting fact of the day. You're welcome. I feel like I talked about DVD so much tonight. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I promise I'll have so much more in the weeks to come. It's just been, uh, yeah, kind of a, a blah month or so for me. I haven't had a whole lot of time to play. So, yeah. I promise not to just talk about DVD forever. <laughs> no, we have to talk about anime next week. We got to play. Uh... That's true. Oh, yeah. Xenoblade. Oh, man. You're going to have to text me and remind me. <laughs> I'm going to write it down and I'm going to text you. It, and the Discord is going to make sure to remind us. They have they have uh, anime gifts now. Yeah, they seem to be really into it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think that's going to pretty much do it for us this week. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you'd like to join the conversation, you can head on over to our Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord and send Ryan all of the anime gifts. Uh, or you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. <laughs>